Contract Properties is a homegrown, family-owned maintenance company located in Nashville. They provide HVAC, electrical, plumbing, painting, and many other services for commercial and residential properties. From build-outs to junk removal, one call does it all. Whether you're a homeowner or a property manager, give Contract Properties a call today for a free estimate. 615-356-0755. That's 615-356-0755. Or visit contractproperties.net. Do I have everybody's attention now? Now it's time for Jason Martin and Vol for Life Ramon Foster. Powered by all four seasons garage doors. Together, they are J-Mart and Ramon on 104.5 The Zone. This show's ruined me. My regular conversation, I'm like, man, I'm glad that sentence was said all fair because all you, of how it could have been taken. That's all you kept saying. It was all fair. Don't count, Ma. Because <laughs> you looked dead at me when I said it. I was like, no. <laughs> Boneless. Oh, my God. Mm. 615-737-1045. Sam Monta, Pro Football Folk, is going to join us next segment, which means let's do our power rankings. Yes, 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 let's yes. Let's do our... Top seven, bottom three, the weekly seven three, Ramon's number in the NFL. We get to ten teams, we get there our way, because that's how we do it. So Yeah. Interesting times. <clears throat> yes, it is. And this list looks pretty different than last week's list for me. Big and the difference. week before's list. Yeah. Number seven. Da, 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 Rams. Two I've got to. Hey, look at us. Golf's the only reason I'll have him higher because I like everything else about the team. And at times I love golf. That's what I'm saying. That's he, what irritates me. Oh, he's confusing, man. Like, just beat that all the time. Take the same steps Derek Carr made. I like Derek Carr this year. Schaefer just darted over because he's like, oh, gosh. Yeah, We're doing a weekly 7-3. I don't have a list. <laughs> no, I've got my list right here. Oh, oh. look at you. Well, go ahead and demerit me then for, for yeah, calling you out like calling that. Calling out the homie. Mm-hmm. Well, You're going to hit oh, it. Oh, hey, 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 Mm. Oh, y'all don't say that when UT has a rough game. That's because they had a rough two months. That's because they were losing every game oh. by over double oh. digits. Okay. Every I, game. I Six in a row, Ramon. I keep that same energy when my falls lose, okay? How about that? Yes, I am begging for that. Yes. So what? Sue me. The Vols to lose. The vol- no, we're what talking, talking about, about the NFL. About? We're what, talking what about talking the about? NFL. I'm talking no. about UT. You I'm said trying to UT save my and Vols. You got me confused. That's a demerit. Nope. I don't even know what you're talking I about. I don't either, man. Guys, let me ramble, okay? Yeah, for real. Let this me is, defend my college. Can we just play Led Zeppelin under this segment? Just ramble on. I'll know. just I'll just back off. You can do that. We'll be a little Almond we'll Brothers. A little Almond Brothers. We'll be playing. Lord, I was born no, no, on man. Yes, please, thank you. We'll be playing Roger Saffold's celebrity guest list this week. Yeah, he just went and dropped that. He's dropped his list, too. dropped his list. Roger Sappho, celebrity DJ, on Friday on the program. Number six, I've got Cleveland. Should I hear the breaking news sounder for that? 
No, not yet. You hit that was a breaking news sound. Pretty much, yeah. For us, it's the reggae horn. Yeah, that's ours, right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You got Cleveland for I got Cleveland six? to six. I so, almost had him at so five. Okay. I actually changed it. Okay. I had him at five, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna wait. Not yet. I need to see. I need to see the Baltimore game. Still not convinced yet. I am convinced the they're top yeah. seven. Yeah, they are. They've been three weeks for me now. But look, look. Here's the here's the thing. It's those two quarterbacks that have them a little bit lower than I have them otherwise. Mm-hmm. I still want to see Baker do this longer, and golf is just too wax on wax off <laughs> for my taste. So who do you have at six? Yeah, Cleveland too. Yeah, I got Cleveland also. Safer. Buffalo at six. Mm, that's Cleveland's not in me. Cleveland, Cleveland's not in my top seven because their point differential is still in the negative for the season. Look at you bringing numbers. I know. Look at my guy doing research. You didn't do your list. Somebody's got a calculator. Hey, I don't need the fake voice. <laughs> I don't need the mocking tone. <laughs> I don't have to take Let's this. Keep this sophisticated. Stropping. <laughs> Number five. Definitely stroppy. Five. That's Tommy Wright right there. That's another one from that same book. Tommy Wright. That's poppycock. What in the hell is going on? Also known as Ace. Hey, man. People going to love this show is what people going to do. right, man. Stroppy and Tommy Wright. That's what you get from me. And I'm going to love it, too. Number five for me, Green Bay. That's who I've got at five, too. That's who I flipped. I had, I had, I had Cleveland first, and I moved it. And it's just, <sighs> look, Aaron Rodgers in that offense, I, I do trust. Uh, defensively, no, I don't. But it's just one of those things, man. It's almost like Duke in basketball, college basketball. Like you just kind of, kind of trust that. Yeah, they might be pretty. By good. the way, I don't think they're going to the Super Bowl. I think the Packers are just primed to disappoint yet again once we get there. But I think it's fair to put them at five right now. Shave Rams at five. Okay, so you got him. I mean, see, I, I tend, I still like the Rams overall as at least the second best team in the conference. But where they are right now. Yeah, that's fair. Number four, someone else go. Green Shave Bay. go first. Ooh. Green Bay at four. Okay. And I think you could easily flip, flip Green Bay and the Rams. Okay. Okay. Well, I got, we're kind of there. I got buff. Me too. Me too. Well, I think we're about to have the same exact Did top we seven. do a thing. I think we're about to have the same exact top seven. I've got Buffalo this at four This is the first also. time. Oh, yeah. It definitely I'm going to go is. first on this one. Shafe, you, you said you're number four already? You said Green Bay, right? Green Bay. Yeah. Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Me? I got Pittsburgh number three. Me too. You, bad Which means boys I got the Saints life. at two and the Chiefs at one. You, you, you damn right. <laughs> Saints at three, Pittsburgh. At we two. have the meats. <laughs> you remember, remember on the the the. the is the that rest? Ving Rhames, by the way? Yes, that's Ving Rhames. Yep. It actually uh, is Ving Rhames. Yes, it is. Okay, mm-hmm. boy, making a check off of that too, huh? That's beautiful. Man, you can't make all that Mission Impossible money. Like you got to make Ooh-wee. some side loot. Beef and cheddar style. That's what I'm talking about. Most underrated thing on their menu? Love beef and cheddar. Beef and cheddar? Mozzarella sticks. No, 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 no. Arby's mozzarella sticks were on point. Fire. But that buffalo chicken sandwich they got there? Pretty good. They used to have a sandwich called an Arby's melt. Arby's melt? It was like a beef and cheddar on a regular bun. A lot Uh. cheaper. On point, man. It ain't even lunchtime yet, guys. Sponsor. (laughs) We have the sponsorships. (laughs) We have the sponsorships. So that's that's it. What what did you do for your two and or three, two and one there, Shafe? Saints three. I kept the Steelers at two, Kansas City one. Okay. Because I think Pittsburgh will spin out of this. Okay. You know, I got my bottom three. So do I, actually. Bottom three. Simply because of cover zero. 
Jets has got to be dead last. Jets, yeah. Jets. No, I'm putting them all through. Oh, Jets. <laughs> you should have put five. It was, yeah. Cover zero. I, I, I got I got two other teams, Jags and Cincinnati, but my yes, top three too. at the bottom three, top three at the bottom three, Jets, Jets, Jets. Did you just go Dylon, Dylon, Dylon? I did. No, nah, it's this. It's Jets. It's Greg Williams. It's Adam Gates. <laughs> oh, last one to go. Actually, it would be in, in that order, Adam Gase, Jets, and then Greg Williams. Yeah, there you go. Boy, is that, you know what's crazy? Still going to get paid. You know what that second G stands for in Greg? Talk, talk to me. Actually, the third G in Greg. What is it? Gotcha. <laughs> Garbage. Otherwise known Garbage. as trash. Yes. Saucy Nooks. Jets, Jags, Bengals is your Jets, bottom three. Jets, Jets. I think we might all have the same three. Jets, Jets, I wanted Bengals. to get Philadelphia there, but at least Jalen Hurts got in the football game. Oh, I still wanted to put the Cowboys in there. I, uh, <laughs> they, were, they, were, they were in the vicinity. Can we talk about this? I think that might be the most disappointing team of the year to me. Well, yeah. Yeah. I know Dak yeah. is a factor. Yeah. yeah. I know Dak yeah. is a factor. Yeah. <laughs> but the most, they had the most talent of anybody I thought in free agency. I want to ask that question to Sam Monson next. I want to ask what he thinks the most disappointing team in the National Football League is. Look at you doing radio. Yeah. Every once guy. in a while, I look yeah. like I should be paid to do this. <laughs> look at my guy. Monson joins us in five on 104.5 The Zone. J. Martin Ramon, 104.5 The Zone, at J. Martin Ramon on Twitter. Who is the most un- underperforming, most disappointing team in the National Football League this year? Sam Monson of Pro Football Focus joins us. We'll start right there, Sam. What's the most disappointing team in the league this year? Um, I mean, I think you can make a, uh, a case for the Dallas Cowboys. They've obviously had a ton of injuries up front on that offensive line and, and Dak Prescott going down, which clearly hasn't helped them. But yeah, definitely from where they were at the start of the season in terms of hype, in terms of expectations, uh, and in terms of where the NFC East has been this year, I think you could definitely make the case for Jacksonville. Uh, there's a bunch of teams with you know, Chargers, I think, would be a pretty good call as well. I know Justin Herbert has massively outperformed expectations, but the narrative on them heading into the season was everything other than the quarterback is in really good shape. And, you know, Tyrod Taylor could actually make some noise with this group because the team is so good. Herbert's come in and played better than Tyrod Taylor was ever going to play, and they're 3-9. and nine. They can't win games. What about Arthur Smith replacing Anthony Lynn with the Chargers? Does that seem like a good fit? I mean, yeah, the Chargers had a game against New England this week where it, it feels like a game that needs to make a change off the back of. You know, you don't lose 45 nothing unless everything went wrong, and it did. On all three phases, the special teams was a joke. The offense couldn't get anything done. It was outcoached on that side of the ball. The defense was getting destroyed as well. The Patriots put up a ton of points, and Cam Newton passed for 69 yards. Like, they barely needed to have a functional offense to still do damage against the Chargers. So, yeah, it does feel like something pretty dramatic needs to change. I I think Anthony Lynn does a lot of things that are good, but he is one of these coaches that that causes himself some problems, whether it's with game management, whether it's with a little bit being too conservative, especially when you have a quarterback like Herbert, who I know he's a rookie, but he's already shown that he can make big plays at at key moments in the face of the blitz, all those kinds of things. And yeah, that's a that's a really intriguing swap. He's got to be one of the the candidates that would be at the top of a lot of people's list in terms of head coach going forward. Uh, <clears throat> speaking of like the NFC East, also the Giants, 
seem as of late they're starting to get their stuff together. And, of course, with Joe Judge there, it seems like a team, man, they got the right things as far as the quarterback, running back. I know they got some stuff they got to do. And, of course, they got rid of Odell, uh, you know, b- b- prior to this this regime coming in. Do you think a guy like Odell would have worked there? And what's actually what's the potential of this New York Giants team moving forward with what they've done so far? It seems like they're starting to get together. And I was talking to Jay earlier in our segment saying it's good for football when a team like the Giants is good. Yeah, I, I think we need to just be a little bit careful, though, because, you know, they're on this four-game win streak, but three of them have come against two other Wash- or two other NFC teams and the Bengals. You know, the, the Seahawks was the first real win. You know, not real win, but anytime you get a win in the NFL, it's, it's difficult. But the Seahawks was the first win that you would look at there and say, that's a surprise. That's one we didn't expect them to win or didn't really anticipate them winning. And that was a really important game for them and a really impressive game, particularly – on defense, and I think that's the side of the ball that definitely is moving in the right direction. What James Bradbury did uh, going up against D.K. Metcalf was really impressive. I do think the Giants are moving in the right direction, but I think generally the Giants, Washington, we just need to be a little bit careful and you know just look at the schedule. Like they've they both come off a, a big upset win, but their their wins before that were not really um, statement wins. They were not really games that were against difficult teams. So I think those two. They're definitely moving in the right direction. They're coming off a weekend where they had a, a fantastic upset each of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but we need to see if that's going to sustain itself over the next few games and if they can actually, you know, put a couple wins together and get to, you know, seven and nine maybe at the end of the season and win that r- division or if they're going to go back and, and lose these games against closer teams. Sam Monson, Pro Football Focus at PFF underscore Sam is where you can find him on Twitter. Sam, Browns, Titans. Well, I mean, it was a game of the week from a record standpoint. Browns get the job done and with an incredible first half. What did you take away for both football teams from this game that we can extrapolate and look towards the postseason for both? I mean, the Browns, that was a real statement game for them. I think it said a lot of good things about where that team is headed. The, there was sort of questions heading into that game about, look, the Browns are clearly good, but their quarterback hasn't really risen to the challenge and hasn't really played at a level that matches where the rest of the team has been. He absolutely did against Tennessee. Um, you know, obviously 290 yards, four touchdowns in the first half, that sort of speaks for itself, but it was more the way he was playing and the variety of passes and the fact that he did look comfortable and was going through a progression and making plays on a second and third read. This was as good as Baker Mayfield has looked in the NFL. And for the Browns, that's huge. I mean, I think it was clear that everything else was already heading in the right direction. If suddenly Baker Mayfield is capable of working towards his ceiling as well, the Browns are, are in real business. Um, for, for the Titans, it's pretty concerning. I mean, that was... You know, the Browns are good, but they're not like Kansas City Chiefs good. And to be absolutely blitzed off the field in the first half the way they were, uh, particularly in the passing game, is just is a disaster for them. That was a real concerning issue. I have less uh, concerns about the fact that their offense didn't fire until the second half. You know, there were some, some fr- uh, freaky plays in there. You know, A.J. Brown typically catches the ball, rumbles, breaks some tackles, makes some plays, and this game he was catching it and fumbling it and you know it's those things happen sometimes in games it's it's a mistake you don't want to see happen but they don't tend to repeat themselves game after game after game so i, I think tennessee's offense will be okay but that would be very concerning in terms of what their defense does over the next few games in the, the playoffs um this afc playoff race is probably one of the closest i can remember in recent years as far as just 
any team can make it and any team can get put out of it. The team here in Nashville, man, the Tennessee Titans, in the last four weeks they got Jacksonville, Detroit, Green Bay, and Houston. What's the likelihood of you seeing them either run the table or doing enough to make the playoffs, which right now they are in? But it's a couple games that you probably have questions on. Jacksonville, they should do the job. But, of course, like you said with this defense, um, what's what's going to be the outlook for them moving forward the rest of the season? Yeah, I mean, just looking at that record, you would expect them to win 3-1, and one, right? Yeah. The Green Bay game is their, their big test, and Green Bay – They've been vulnerable at times this season. You know, they're not invincible. So there's, there's definitely the chance that they could win all four of those games. I think the big thing for Tennessee is that the Colts have probably a slightly more difficult run in. They've got, I think, two games that are pretty tricky. They've got the Raiders up next. So I do actually like the way they match up against the Raiders, but they've got a couple of games that you would think are way more losable, um, than, than the Titans. And obviously, as of right now, they still have the tiebreaker over them. So I think the Titans are still in a pretty good place. In terms of making the playoffs, but they've they've kind of exhausted their um, ability to make you know to slip up and to, to drop some games here and mm-hmm. there. Where do you put Pittsburgh right now? Coming off the loss, um, I saw some people drop them like out of the top seven or eight teams in the league because of one loss to Washington. It felt like we were trending towards them losing a game in this last handful. Just They haven't been playing rock-solid football, but where do you put them in the AFC hierarchy right now, and how much damage can they do in the playoffs based on how they're playing right now? I think you're right. I think this was a game that was coming. Um, They were threatening to lose for a while now. We've been saying that they weren't the best team in the NFL. We always had the Chiefs as our number one team in in our power ratings. Um, And also, the, the fact that they were coming off this short week and, and seemed pissed off about having to play Washington on Tuesday, or on Monday night anyway, this was a game that felt like a trap game, and they just they fell into the trap. But I don't think you need to get too you know overreact too much and drop them too far. I think they still have as good a case as anybody to be the number two team in the NFL. I think the absolute furthest you could drop them is number three. Um, I think the Chiefs are the best team in football. You could make the case that the Saints are the second best, particularly given what they're doing right now without their starting quarterback. But, you know, I don't think you can make a really strong argument that Pittsburgh belong any further back than that. They have a still a nasty defense. There's so much talent on offense, and right now their biggest problem is drops, which we know come and go. You know, you're not going to drop five, six passes a game every game. And when you stop doing that, that just gives you an immediate boost in production that is, is inherently there, and it's just not translating onto to yards and points right now. Aside from the Chiefs, I, I like the AFC in the side of just, I think it'll be an AFC team that wins the uh, Super Bowl this year. I'll just put that out there. But if we're looking at the AFC championship right now, um, the team that you can see going up, I think it's obvious that the Chiefs are probably going to be in it. Who's the team that you see sifting through and actually making that happen to, to play against the Chiefs at this point? I know we don't like to crown uh, teams too quick or assume it, but I don't see anybody stopping the Chiefs from getting to that point at least. Yeah, I think it's pretty wide open. Um, I like Buffalo's ability to go on a run. You know, if they make the pace, the postseason and Josh Allen playing the way he is right now, they they could beat anybody. You know, they're they're maybe the second best team in the AFC if they play like that. I still think Pittsburgh can go on that run as well. I don't think there's any reason they will lose a ton of games and they should be favorites against pretty much anybody. The the sneaky team in there that if you know if the, if the stars align and things go their way. Miami, I think, could go on a real Miami. run. That defense is, 
you know, Belichickian. It, it's New England South. It, it pulls out the things that cause teams problems, and it's very good at game planning. And if they can just get viable quarterback play, you know, to a mm-hmm. rookie quarterback coming up into the season midway through it, it it's going to be tough. It, that's going to be the challenge. But if they could get viable quarterback play and be good enough on offense, they can be a defense that can knock off, you know, some of these AFC teams like the Colts or even the Titans or, you know, Cleveland. They can be a team that really causes their problems and just sneak ahead in a couple of games. Uh, the Buffalo thing is interesting to me because based on what I've looked at at your website, at Pro Football Focus, as well as other analytics sites, it looks like the difference for Josh Allen has been that he is limiting the bad throws. The, the, the ones that you look at and you just baffled and you put the face palm gif up when he puts it out there, there's less of those. Is that the difference really in Allen? It's just he is kind of limiting the stuff that used to bother you. Even if he's not Patrick Mahomes, you feel more comfortable because the mistakes just aren't there anymore. Yeah, that's definitely a big part of it. Um, I, I think generally he's just become more efficient and it's, it's something you don't normally see from a quarterback. You know, everyone talks about it in terms of accuracy. But it's also just, you know, simple bad plays. And not even necessarily the, you know, the, the turnover worthy, the bad throws that should be intercepted, just misses. I mean, mm-hmm. you look at that game, uh, the other night and it didn't look like he was going to miss a throw at any point, you know, and you're, you're watching this happen and you're like, when was the last pass that Josh Allen didn't put exactly where he wanted it to go? And last season or the year before, that just didn't happen. He didn't have those games. He had a few passes here and there where it was perfect accuracy, perfect throw, but you knew you were just a couple of throws away from just a miss, just a bad play that's a yard away from where it needs to go. He gets in runs now where it doesn't look like those throws are going to happen. I think that's a huge difference where that's something that typically does not, does not change for a quarterback. You don't find the ability to just you know put the ball immediately where it needs to be um, he still makes some mistakes, still makes some errors. He's definitely cut down on them. But I think th- it's the smaller mistakes that are the difference. It's that he just doesn't miss as many plays as he did, did before. Sam, <clears throat> with what um, New Orleans has done since Drew Brees has been out, have we seen the last of Drew Brees in New Orleans? I, I mean, I think he comes back into the lineup when he's healthy. The question is when that's going to be. I-, I think his time is up in terms of, He's not playing in 2021 and beyond that. But I don't think we've seen enough from Taysom Hill yet to be for them to say that, you know, a healthy Drew Brees comes back and they say, no, you're not coming back into the starting lineup. You're, you're on the bench, Drew. I don't see that happening anytime soon, mm-hmm. uh, particularly because we haven't really seen Taysom Hill do it against a team right. that isn't Atlanta. And we know Atlanta's defense is terrible. So, you know, it's, it's worked twice. Um, and it's worked against the worst defense or one of the worst defenses in the NFL. We need to see if the Taysom Hill thing still works against a better defense. And even, you know, Denver's defense is not phenomenal, but Denver's defense caused it all kinds of problems. And we didn't really notice because on the other side of the ball, Denver literally didn't have a quarterback. So that was the thing that took all the notice in that game. But yeah, the the Taysom Hill experiment, I think, is still very much uh, an open question mark. I don't think we yet know how successful that's going to be. How do you slot the NFC? One thing we've talked about in the last few weeks is all these teams, you kind of like them, but there's some flaw, whether it's the quarterback with the Rams or the chemistry between Brady and Arians or the defense for Green Bay or whatever it might be. What team do you actually believe in? Because it feels to me that the NFC is just going to be a total, just wide open, crazy time once we get to the playoffs. 
No, I'm with you. I think every one of those teams is scary in some way, shape, or form because of their flaws. Um, and it's, it's, it's going to be like the AFC picture that we talked about. It's who's going to get hot at the right time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Saints are maybe the one team that you could have some kind of confidence in. And even that, they have the, a question mark at the, the most important position in the game. You know, what, either is Taysom Hill capable of playing at that level in the, the better games, or B, when Drew Brees comes back off the back of 11 broken ribs, <laughs> what's he going to look like? Yeah. I mean, you only have 24 ribs, and he broke 11 <laughs> of them. So that's a pretty significant question mark. Um, the Packers, you know, they, their offense is really good, but their defense is really not. Um, Seattle just showed that they were extremely flawed when mm. Russell Wilson doesn't play like the best quarterback in the NFL. You know, Tampa Bay are a team where they have a lot of flaws between you know, Arians, uh, Tom Brady, just schematically trying to work out all of the kinks when teams throw things at them this season. But if they do get them all worked out by the time they make the playoffs, they're really good. You know, the, the personnel-wise and scheme-wise, yeah. theoretically, they have a chance to beat anybody. They just need to figure out all of the problems before they, they don't get a do-over again. You know what I mean? Like, right mm-hmm. now, it doesn't matter if they drop a game. It, it, all it's costing them is playoff seeding. So they can afford to have to work out the issues during the regular season. But if those happen, if those come up in January and somebody throws something at them that they haven't prepared for, there's no, you know, there's no opportunity to fix it in the off, in the off week. You're, you're done. Um, so that I think is, is key for them. It's just working out all of the problems. Uh, Sam, there's a, there's a quarterback in this league, man, that everybody just, he does, he hasn't won a whole lot. He's done a whole lot though. It's Matthew Safford. Is there anybody or any team that should be willing to trade for him? And if so, what does it take? Or will he just, you know, finish his career out in Detroit at this point? Because everybody says he has the talent, he has the harm, he has everything you need. But yet and still, he's stuck in Detroit. Yeah, he does. And I have some sympathy for him in terms of, you know, he hasn't been surrounded by a great offensive mind as a head coach the way some other guys have. You know, his... His head coaches tend to be defensive guys, and they, they haven't gotten the best out of him. But I do get the feeling that he might just be one of those quarterbacks that's never going to hit that ceiling that is theoretically there for him, you know, given all the talent. But, you know, if, if the team does want to move on from him, he could be a quarterback that somebody like Denver would be really interested in. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the Broncos, when you draw up their personnel in terms of skill position, weapons, just all those receivers that they have, Jerry Judy, K.J. Hamler, Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton coming back next year, um, Noah Fant, Albert O. Like they've just, that receiving group is absurd, but right now it doesn't matter because their quarterback is Drew Locke. And, you know, I know Drew Locke mm. is young, and, and they, they're going to hope that he um, turns into something, but, like, Denver just needs a middle-tier quarterback. They don't even need an elite guy with that group of receivers. They just need someone that's capable of playing at a reasonable level. And whatever you think about where Matthew Stafford's ceiling is, he's clearly capable of doing that. So, you know, Denver might be interested in sort of one last roll of the dice at quarterback to try and get this thing over the line. Um, But outside of that, I can't see too many teams wanting to throw much at the Lions to make that deal happen. Man, that cut deep, you man. You cut him deep right there, I'm a Broncos man. fan, and you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over here with my pen just doing the, the knife cutting. You just, every word you say, you were cutting them deep right there, Sam. Some Thrombe-level <laughs> knives out right there from Sam Mons. And Sam, also want to congratulate you guys. I'm looking forward to PFF NFL Daily with you and Steve Palazzolo. Yeah. That's going to be awesome. 
Thanks. Yeah, we're we're excited about that. It's up on Spotify right now. It's working through the uh, the iTunes kink. So hopefully next week, I think is when it will be debuted for real. Yeah, that's gonna be a good podcast. We'll definitely be checking that out. We'll catch up with you soon. It's always yeah. good to talk Thanks. to you. Thanks, Sam. Thanks, guys. Take it easy. Appreciate it. That's Sam Monson. Gosh, catch deep. Jeez, I'll take Matt Stafford right now. I'll yeah, tell you, you that. Yeah, you would. Lord have mercy. That sounded good, actually, when he broke it down. I'm going to be real. I might talk about a little bit of what Sam said, but um, I'll tell you, we talked about how the college football playoffs a television show. I'll tell you something that wasn't a good television show. Tell me. It was a certain basketball game I watched yesterday. We'll talk about it when we come back on 104.5 The Zone. J. Martin Ramon, 104.5 The Zone, Sam Monson. Appreciate him, as always, joining us. That Sam Monson, Steve Palazzolo podcast might be part of the rotation. Yeah, that's got to be pretty good. I actually do like those two guys. Those two guys in particular. I hate the concept of it sometimes. (laughs) I I would tell them that. If they invited me on their show, I would tell them that. And I've said it to their face in, in training camp, and I've said it on this show, too, sometimes. By the way, podcast us, J. Martin Ramon, wherever you get your podcast, consume us however you want, whenever you want, wherever you want, 24-7, 365. Rate and review while you're there. Ramon just went all. Oh, man. Oh, hey, for real. Hey, 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 Don't hey, even hey, know hey, you hey, and hate your guts. Hey, 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 of all the bad things happening. I can be real about them because they rated me low in years. I know I was having monstrous years, so, yeah. Only thing they graded you accurately on? Slow. You know what? <laughs> Soon as I grab you, Jay Mar, you're gonna be like, You're fast. <laughs> Soon as I grab you. Look at my sack total though. It's very, very low for eight. I don't want to talk about your sack total. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not interested in your sack total. Here we go. I can care less about your sack total. Ah, wow. I can care less about Barker's work. I, I Is it because it's what you snack on. <laughs> Never mind. Stop it. What? If you if, if you dish it, you better be well to take it. Okay, that's all I'm saying. Got to be able to take it. People ask me a lot why you know how I was able to drop all the weight. And so I was talking Don't. to you because we're gonna <clears throat> we're all gonna get together on Saturday and watch some games and like. Talking about snack food and stuff, I said, "Well, I don't really eat much of the snack food anymore. I used to be a big Doritos guy and stuff like that. I love this stuff, but the one thing that I will say is, like, as you're losing weight, like, once you get it off, if you've lived with it as long as I have, it just rewires you to where you just you're afraid to gain a half pound. You're so afraid that you're almost you almost ruin your life in yeah. some ways because you can't even enjoy anything, but." The big secret weapons were coffee, which has become my favorite thing. Yes, it has. Tangibly in the world. And nuts. <laughs> Almonds, walnuts, pecans, <laughs> peanuts. I always have a giant can. That's a JT thing, too. JT does that, too. Chestnuts. He has a can of them, too. He lost a ton of weight. He does the same thing. Chestnuts. Yeah, I mean, nuts have high fat and calories, but no, we're not. we're not doing this. I'm not listening to the chronic right now. We're not doing this. On W? No. Hey, I'm just saying you. Bragging no. about the types of nuts that you ate. All I'm suggesting to you is it's a good answer if you're trying to load, get rid of your carbs because that's Try that's always load. what I say. Low. Oh, oh, okay. Put an S behind it at your speed. You know what? So we talked about college football playoff being a. We talked about a CFP being a sport, uh, a television show. 
real fast. Yeah. Balls beat Colorado, and we watched it. Yeah. And that's going to be a fun team to watch this year. No question. It is. But, man, empty arena college basketball with those announcers. I would rather watch my own autopsy. You know what I'm making? It's the Michael Scott face when he... It was tough. That was, was not a exciting watch. It was, and it was the game was exciting. I say it's because it's UT doing something good. I, I I do think, as you think, this team can and will very be good. good. Yes, yes, they're very good. Hundred percent. Everything that they that you 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 need to have a good team, they have it. Mm-hmm. So because of that, but of course, I've actually been looking at like names of announcers and stuff like that. Listen to the commentary more now since I'm in this world too, because why it's important to know your your co parts. Yeah. Um. I hope I'm not lacking like that if if we get to that point, Jay, to where we're doing shows and stuff like that on the sideline, man, or wherever. Look, I've done games, blowout games in high school that were more interesting to listen to than that thing was yesterday. You know what we'll say, Jay? It's early. It's early because that's what they kept saying last night. I'll tell you what we're going to say off the top of this next hour. Talk about it. No. Just say no. Just say no. If you're confused, like we'll explain it to you. Just say no. We'll be right back. I was trying to do my dog. That is a demerit. At J. Martin Ramon on Twitter. I I don't know that I'll be back. (laughs) 104.5 The Zone.